We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everyone, to the Recruiting Hour here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Ryan Roberts here, Director of Recruiting at irishbreakdown.com, giving you all a little bit of extra content this week to talk about Notre Dame recruiting. We're obviously coming off of a very busy weekend, the Ohio State weekend, which is possibly and pretty definitively the number one recruiting weekend of the year for Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They obviously had USC still intact as a home game. So that one will be massive as well. But if you kept up to date with the offer or the offer list and all the offered players that were on campus, the main targets on campus, the commits on campus, Ohio state was a huge week. We also had a very important 2024 recruits, actually two very, very important 2024 recruits that were on campus quietly that no one really talked about for whatever reason we were kind of hyper focusing on 2025 and getting the ball rolling there and really continue momentum which Notre Dame did but 2024 is not over folks and I know it's kind of winding down but during the first segment of this show I really wanted to hit on what we should expect out of the rest of the 2024 recruiting cycle we've often told you here at Irish Breakdown that and on this podcast that it is it's starting to near the end of the 2024 recruiting process because we were always expecting, excuse me, Notre Dame to be a little bit of a lower number in 2024, which we still anticipate. But it's not quite over yet. There's a couple players still on the board that Notre Dame is definitely pushing for. There are still a couple players that Notre Dame is keeping a close eye on. There's still a couple positions that Notre Dame is keeping a close eye on. So we'll hit on that. Second part of the show, I want to talk about the state of Illinois. Chicago area specifically, Notre Dame's potential impact in 2025 because the ball got rolling this week. Notre Dame finally got a commitment from an Illinois player and Joseph Reef. So I'll break down why that recruitment was important, but not important from just the on-paper perspective of Joseph Reef. We've already kind of hit, and I hit during the recruiting hour on the Monday show this week about Joseph Reef. And what he brings to the table and why it could be important for Notre Dame's class as a strong side defensive end. 
but I'm going to get a little bit more into the other side of it, the importance of getting momentum started in the state of Illinois in 2025. We'll hit on both those things here before we do. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, notification bell. If you're listening to us on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms, five-star reviews are also very much appreciated. So 2024 recruiting, Notre Dame currently sits with a quarterback in the class, two running backs in the 2024 class, Keetron Young and Neus Williams, of course, CJ Carr quarterback. They have a three-man wide receiver class and Cam Williams, Logan Saldate, Micah Gilbert, Jack Larson at tight end. They now have a four-man offensive line class with the recent commitment of Gerby Lambert out of the state of Massachusetts, Anthony Knapp, Peter Jones, Styles Prescott. Defensive line-wise, they have commitments from Sean Cebolano at defensive tackle. They also have Bryce Young, Cole Mullins, and Logan Thomas at the defensive end position. Linebackers, Kingston Villiamoasa. Also have Teddy Rizek and Bodie Cahoon in the class. Carson Hobbs and Leonard Moore at cornerback. And a three-man safety class of Tabron Benny Powell, Bronte Johnson, and Kennedy Erlacher. A pretty full class. For the most part, Notre Dame has hit a lot of the numbers that they wanted to hit in the 2024 class. But a couple key players that are still on the board and a couple positions that I would just keep a close eye on because I'm going to talk about it, but there's a couple positions that I think Notre Dame would be more than okay kind of ending where they are. But also, we know that in order to continue to be a great recruiting staff, Notre Dame needs to constantly evaluate and make sure that they are eyeing hidden talents because numbers change so quickly in college football now with the transfer portal and so so much easy exits. You know, it used to be you would transfer on a lower volume basis. There was not nearly as many transfers before the transfer portal. You also could leave early for the NFL. You could also, you know, maybe you get a medical retirement, those types of things. There's just, it's much easier now to leave programs and then to, you know, just have that movement in college football. So keeping eyes open, I think is especially important in today's game because numbers can change so quickly. Roster construction, excuse me, can change so quickly. So let's get into a couple of the key players that are on the board that we know about now and a couple of positions that I think you should keep a close eye on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One guy that's been on the board the longest that was actually on campus this past weekend for the Ohio State game is Davis Andrews out of American Fork High School in the state of Utah. 6'2", 190 plus pounds. Really talented football player, more of a – he's a downhill kid that can definitely strike and then can play on the second level at times. But he's a really smooth, athletic kid that can work from depth. Not a true center fielder type, but as a too high safety, I think he can make a lot of plays on the football, has really good instincts, also plays on the offensive side of the football for American Fork as well. He has been on Notre Dame's radar for some time now. And we haven't talked about him a ton lately before the Ohio State game, that is, for two reasons. One reason was is that there's just not a massive update. Davis Andrews is a player that Notre Dame has been in a the driver's seat, I think is an easy way to coin it, for some time now. They've been the leader. The other part is that Davis Andrews has intentions to take the LDS Mormon mission after graduation from high school. So we technically will not see him to 2026. So if you want to classify him as a 2026 recruit, that's fine. You can do that. I understand why people's minds go that way and it's completely okay, but I'm still going to count Davis Andrews as a 2024 kid because that's what he is now. And you never know if a kid changes their minds or what have you, or someone convinces you not to do it, blah, 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 blah. We have seen, Someone like Keanu Kia in recent years, linebacker in the 2021 class that came for one year, played 2021 season for Notre Dame, and then decided to take his mission after that. So he was not an immediate, I don't want to say defection. That's not the right way, term to put it, but he's he's not, he became an immediate help to your roster, not a player that you kind of had to wait on for a couple of years. So things change, things process differently. Davis Andrews is still, despite potentially being a 2026 player, Notre Dame is very high on Davis Andrews. They love this football player. And it's pretty easy to see on film, as I kind of said. I think he's a really talented player. Came to Ohio State, was originally supposed to come for the Blue and Gold game this year, but there were some complications with, with travel and trying to get out there, and he had some obligations from the football perspective. Because again, he's playing his senior year of high school right now, so he still had the obligations on that side of things. So Davis Andrews visited for Ohio State. And I, I would just kind of phrase it like this. I don't think that visit could have gone any better for Davis and the Andrews family. I think Notre Dame continued to just front run in this recruitment. And coming out of the visit, Davis Andrews, well, it was announced through a source close to Davis that he would be making his college decision on October 2nd. And obviously coming out of the Notre Dame visit this past weekend on the t- September 23rd, you feel really good about that timing, right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody here, I don't think anybody here, it would be hard to kind of paint those things together of just had a great visit, comes out wanting to make a college decision in the pretty near future, only a couple weeks after after the fact. Notre Dame's in a really good spot. I think that they should be considered the absolute leader and the favorite to land Davis Andrews. And that would conclude a four-man safety class, which safety recruiting in 2024 was not perfect, and it needs to get better. The process needs to get better, I should say, because I think you're going to end up with a pretty good safety class when you think of Bronte Johnson, I think, could be a star. 
Davis Andrews, whenever he does end up playing for Notre Dame, I think is going to be a good football player. Kenny Urlacher, I think, is going to be a good football player. And you took a little bit of a gamble, obviously, on Tabron Benny Powell. But if you've watched Tabron Benny Powell out of Lakota West in the state of Ohio as a senior, he looks very good. He looks a lot better, a lot more explosive in short areas, a lot more comfortable in space than I anticipated. So Davis Andrews would be the last step in safety recruiting for the 2024 class, which would be a foundational uh, move. And the four-man safety class, I think, is going to be big for the depth chart of the safety group for Notre Dame moving forward. There's no doubt about that. Notre Dame also received a very, very important visitor this weekend for the Ohio State game that was kind of coined as a surprise visitor. He was a player that we had known that was coming for a little while before the visit. But the staff obviously, you know, didn't want that news to be out there because it's a little bit of a unique situation. And that's Nandi Agboko, who is a defensive tackle out of Gardner, North Carolina South, a six foot five, 335 pound defensive tackle that appears nose tackle on film. But Notre Dame, I think, also believes that he could play some three technique for their team uh, potentially. So he's a really a, a, a massive, massive size interior defensive line that has a little bit of versatility to him. So the reason that this one was kind of kept under wraps is because Agboko is currently committed to the University of Georgia as a defensive lineman in the 2024 class. Notre Dame had been working on this one for several weeks to try to get him on campus. Now, this was an unofficial visit because I think everyone knows the rules about official visitors who are still committed to other schools. Notre Dame will not allow a player to take an official visit when they are committed to a different university. But unofficially, Agboko and his younger brother, who is a fantastic, Kenny Agboko, who is a, a, a offensive tackle in the 2026 class, is a tremendous football player as well. They made the trip with the family. were able to take in Notre Dame for the first time. And I think Agboko is going to be a very important player for Notre Dame now moving forward because we know with everything that happened with the Justin Scott situation and obviously Owen Wayfold no longer being in the class, Notre Dame has still wanted to get to two interior defensive linemen. Obviously, they have a three-man edge class, which is awesome, but the interior defensive line is still one where you needed another number. Namdi is a player that Notre Dame has kind of circled in on because he's a really good student, has a reported 3.9 GPA, obviously a big kid who brings kind of that size profile to the table that Notre Dame is incredibly interested in, and he's got that versatility to play all, all up and down the line of scrimmage with the length and explosiveness that he has for a player his size. So currently, after the visit, because I was told by someone close to, to Namdi that the visit went really well. Uh, I think Notre Dame pushed all the right buttons there. And I think they're going to be in high contention for Namdi Akboko moving forward. But I really think that for me, this is one where currently Namdi is committed still to the University of Georgia. So this is not a done deal that there's going to be a, a, a flip that's going to happen to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame has a good chance to make that happen, but there's about now going to be, continuing the momentum that they built even before the trip, but after the trip as well. So an important player now in this class, because you need to continue to, to get fine impact size. And he certainly has a lot of that size. So 
Notre Dame is going to continue to try to find another interior defensive lineman to go with Sean Sevillano in the class, and Namdi seems to be the guy that they have really circled in on. Those are the two guys that we know are for sure on the board that are players that Notre Dame is definitely pushing for at this time, and positions at players that they definitely want in the class. Other players that they do want in the class, I mean, I mentioned Justin Scott for a second. That one just isn't going to happen, in my opinion. But one player that Notre Dame has continued to have contact with on the defensive side of the football is Caleb Beasley, star cornerback out of the state of Tennessee, obviously committed to the University of Tennessee. We know the long story here. Notre Dame was in a good position early. Tennessee rode a lot of, obviously, momentum and being the in-state power. And Caleb committed to the University of Tennessee. But he has remained in contact with Notre Dame pretty consistently over the last few months. They've been working diligently to try to get him to take a visit on campus. Ohio State was a weekend that everyone kept talking about. But obviously, he didn't make the trip. So you are now running out of opportunities to make this one really happen if you're Notre Dame and you're Caleb Beasley. I mean, you only have a, a few home games. I mean, we are, after the Duke game on the 30th, Notre Dame will already be halfway through their season. That'll be their sixth game of the season. So you only have a few opportunities to make this happen. USC is a spot that I could definitely see maybe something happening there. But it's no foregone conclusion that Notre Dame is even going to be able to get Caleb Beasley to, to the game this year or get, get him to take another visit. So is it reasonable to think that they'll be able to flip him? I just wouldn't hold my breath on it as of right now, but if he takes a visit, it's starting to trend that way, right? Obviously, there's still interest there, and it doesn't hurt that Tennessee has not been playing great football so far this season as well. So keep your eyes on Caleb Beasley, potentially the third cornerback in the 2024 class, along with Leonard Moore and Carson Hobbs, but it's not necessarily one where I think they'll keep their eyes open to the cornerback position, but if you ended this class with two corners and Hobbs and Moore, you're fine. You're good. You know that you you hit your numbers. You still got two very talented players in the class. Caleb Beasley is more of a luxury than he is a need in the 2024 class. But obviously, adding impact talent like that is always a need. So Notre Dame is going to continue to do their due diligence there. And we'll see if they're able to make some waves. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A couple more positions I would keep an eye on. Moving forward, wide receiver and tight end, I think, are both spots that not necessarily a need from a numbers perspective. You have Jack Larson in the class, who is very talented tight end out of the state of North Carolina, out of Charlotte Catholic. You also have a three-man wide receiver class, obviously, right now with Cam Williams, Logan Sadate, and Mikey Gilbert. So neither one of those positions are necessarily a need. But as we've said all along, if Notre Dame was able to set, show improvement in the passing game, which they have so far, it's definitely better than it was last year that pass catchers may be more willing to 
bet on playing at the University of Notre Dame and and take that opportunity. I think Notre Dame has a chance to just kind of keep their eyes open here and see what happens with a couple of guys. There's no names necessarily that you need to know as of today. Just know that I think that Notre Dame will continue to do their homework at wide receiver and tight end. And then after that, that's the class. So after that, one great thing that they did in the 2023 class is Notre Dame did a tremendous job of convincing some high caliber. Let me say it again. High caliber preferred walk-ons to opt for Notre Dame over other offers. You talk about in the 2023 class, Luke Talich. You talk about Jordan Faison, Henry Garrity. Luke Talich had three Pac-12 offers. Jordan Faison, who's obviously also playing lacrosse for Notre Dame, had an offer to play football at the University of Iowa. So, like, these are legitimately good football players that Notre Dame was able to convince come be walk-ons. We saw we saw this just this week. Notre Dame had already offered a preferred walk-on to a 2024 quarterback in Anthony Rizak out of obviously Omaha West Side, who is the younger brother or the twin brother, excuse me, of Teddy Rizak, who is the linebacker commit in the 2024 class. So I think that for me, after you get those last couple commitments and you keep eyeing a couple different spots, it's all about now finding some of those great walk-ons to, to add to this program. I think that was one of the more underrated aspects of the 2023 class. I mean, you can almost count Luke Talich and Jordan Faison as scholarship players for Notre Dame based upon what you heard this offseason for them in the fall camp. I mean, they show that they are very talented football players. So Close on what you need to close on and make sure that you're bringing in quality players like a Jordan Faison, like a Luke Talich, like a Henry Garrity. Continue to build this program from the inside out and continue to build this program from all avenues. I, I, I remember when Nebraska was in their heyday, like the 90s, the Nebraska teams, they used to bring in a million walk-ons and a lot of good ones too. I mean, that roster was huge with just quality football players, both from a scholarship and a walk-on perspective, and I think that you could still build a lot of quality depth that way. So continuing to do that, I think, will be big for this class. My last segment that I wanted to hit on for you all today was we had a very interesting last couple of days to begin this week. So we know on Saturday, Notre Dame received two big commitments in the 2025 recruiting class. Of course, Daniel Anderson started running back out of Arkansas, was one player that obviously opted for the Irish. C.J. May, star defensive end out of the state of Alabama, was another. And then on Monday, Notre Dame had received a commitment from Joseph Reef, who is out of the state of Illinois in the 2024 class, uh, 2025 class, excuse me, out of York High School. And we talked, obviously, a lot about what Joseph Reef brings to the table. He's 6'5", 235 pounds, has a frame to play well over 270, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a strong side defensive end that can maybe also bump down in some sub situations. Kind of a scheme diverse. He's one of these defensive linemen that I would say typically ends up at Iowa in different capacities. I mean, I wouldn't compare him to Lucas Van Ness athletically, but you know, to a Van Volkenberg, Zach Van Volkenberg that was there a couple years ago, to a Logan Lee that now plays there, that plays a little bit of edge and plays inside at times as well. That's what I see with Reef. That's what I think Joseph Reef brings to the table. And that's great. I think that that's a, a pretty good baseline and a floor as a football player. But I think the thing that we didn't talk about enough, or I didn't talk about enough, maybe other people had talked about it, is that... The state of Illinois in the 2025 recruiting class is bound to be very important for Notre Dame. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, 
Notre Dame's proximity to Illinois, specifically Chicago. You're an hour and a half away from Chicago. That is your backyard, quote unquote. Notre Dame must consistently get really good football players out of Chicago if there are players that they want and players that fit what Notre Dame is trying to do. They need to be able to just kind of put a a little bit of a fence around Chicago and the state of Illinois if there's players that they want. Two is that the 2025 class, which is loaded pretty much everywhere, the Illinois class in 2025, it's fantastic. It really is. This is one of the better just crops of Illinois football players that I can remember in a little bit of time from a recruiting perspective. I mean, there is a volume of just really, really good football players. And there's a few football players that Notre Dame isn't even recruiting because just I just think the volume and you're starting to kind of really understand who you're pushing for, who you're not going to push for, and, and you know all kind of the in-between on the great recruiting process. Joseph Reef, because we have been talking about this for months, Notre Dame must have an impact in Chicago and in the state of Illinois. But there has to be a first in everything. And Joseph Reef is the first, hopefully now in a little bit of momentum being built in Illinois in 2025. There's a couple players that I know people constantly ask about, like Nate Marshall, for instance, Epines's little brother who hasn't even been offered by Notre Dame is a player that Notre, that Notre Dame fans like to ask about. I believe that there are just a few Illinois players that Notre Dame has really honed in on as far as they want them in the class. And I think Joseph Reed can kind of kick off that momentum, hopefully, in the state of Illinois. Two players that I want to talk about specifically, because there's others that I think Notre Dame is going to keep a close eye on in the state of Illinois. Players like Dominic Kulak out of, out of Illinois is a player that's now been on campus a couple of times. He's also coming back for the Pittsburgh game as well. He's out of Immaculate Conception, Conception excuse me, in Elmhurst, Illinois. Gabe Kaminsky is a guy that Notre Dame had been recruiting for a little while as well. They've been recruiting Nate Marshall for a little bit as well. You know, there are some Illinois players that have been on the radar at times, but I really think outside now of, of Joseph Reef, I think there's two football players, especially that Notre Dame wants to have an impact with in the 2025 recruiting class. One of them plays the same position as Joseph Reef, a strong side defensive end. That's Christopher Burgess. Christopher Burgess is a 6'4", 240-pound defensive end out of Simeon in Chicago, Illinois. Really gifted, explosive athlete. He's been to he's been to campus now four different times, and he just kind of has that profile of uh, – he has as much upside as any defensive end in the 2025 class, in my opinion. I already mentioned the 6'4", 240. He still can put on a ton more weight. I think he can play at about 265, maybe 270 pounds when it's all said and done. I think he has that clean of a frame. He's got length. He's explosive. He could be as good as your development is and as good as he wants to be. I truly believe that this kid's upside is phenomenal for the next level. And he has the look of a future NFLer, just physically. Now, there's a lot that needs to go into that, right? development physically, mentally, your game, your nuance. There's a lot of things. So I'm not sitting here saying that Christopher Burgess is definitely going to be an NFL football player. What I'm saying is, is that it's kind of how you draw it up in the lab physically as far as how he looks. And Burgess now having been to campus four different times, Notre Dame's in a good spot with, with the young man. Now, you're going to have to battle a lot of great teams. And this isn't just battling battling other Midwestern powers. This is also battling some, some SEC schools like Alabama's offered, Georgia's offered. A lot of schools are going after Christopher Burgess. I know USC is offered. 
there's going to be a national battle for the Chicago star. And Notre Dame has made it very well known. This is a player that they want in the 2025 recruiting class. Now, Burgess really likes Notre Dame. But an important facet of this of this recruitment that I think we need to talk about is his mom is going to be a person that's very important. Her, her opinion is very it, – it matters to Christopher. It does. And this past weekend, they came on camps for Ohio State. This was actually his mom's first visit that he has, she has ever taken with him for a recruiting from a recruiting perspective, first game visit, first school visit, and by all accounts, including directly from Christopher, things went really well for the Burgess family. And Notre Dame is very well liked in both sides of that household. We'll just leave it at that. Mom enjoyed getting to know the the, the coaches on campus and kind of just the how they carry themselves, how they're representing the program. She also loved, and he joked about this, about her being a little bit older, but she loved the fact that it's just kind of a laid-back environment and just a little bit calm. And I, she think, I think that she believes it would be a really good place for Chris to end up. And Chris likes Notre Dame a ton. Now, I don't think he's necessarily in decision-making mode, but what I will say is that he had always, always talked about mom getting on campuses is going to be big. Well, that window has started now. So is this going to be an after-junior year? decision most likely but regardless is that Notre Dame has momentum building with Christopher Burgess and he is a strong side defensive end they have made it very well known they like Joseph Reef a lot he camped at Notre Dame this offseason but Christopher Burgess is a guy that they absolutely want in this class and will be a take at any point in the 2025 recruiting class for whenever and if he wants to join the Notre Dame program so Christopher Burgess defensive end Simeon is big time in Chicago the other big player that Notre Dame is really pushing for in Illinois is Geneva Community wide receiver Taylor Taylor. Of course, Geneva, Illinois is a little bit of an outskirt of, of Chicago. So also a local kid. Six foot one, 175 pounds, one of the best wide receivers in the country. He also has offers from schools like Alabama, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Notre Dame, Michigan, Miami. Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, Tennessee, UCLA, USC, Utah, Wisconsin, uh, Purdue, like uh, UCLA. There's, I, I think I might have said a couple of those uh, two different times. I mean, there's a long list of great schools that want Taylor and Taylor in the class. Notre Dame, being the local school, has done a really, really good job, in my opinion, of applying to him early on. I'm told, and, and this is directly from his mother, Venus Taylor, that this will ultimately be Talon's decision in the end. But the family has made this timeline very well known at this point. After junior year, they will be taking official visits. After official visits, they will have a long discussion about what is best, and Talon will have all the data, all the information. He will sit down and make his decision. As of today, this is my impulse is that, and this is not, this is not coming from a source. This is not something that's been told directly to me. I believe Notre Dame and Michigan are the top two schools today for Taylor and Taylor. But I believe that this is one that you are not going to finish off tomorrow, right? Like getting Deuce Knight in the class may have impact with a lot of why a lot of players in the 2025 class, but I think that, and I think it will have an impact with Taylor and Taylor ultimately, but it's not going to just, 
accelerate his his decision-making process. This is one where Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans, national fans, or whatever school that you frequent, need to just kind of chill, let this one happen, and just let a decision come organically. Like That's what's going to happen here. This is not going to be a rush job. This is not going to be an impulse decision. This is not going to be an over This isn't going to be an emotional decision. This is going to be one that is very well thought out from the Taylor family because Venus is a former Division I college athlete, college softball player, who is now a college softball coach. And she understands the recruiting process. She understands kids make emotional decisions sometimes. And that's not going to be Talon here. Talon is going to make an appropriate decision when the time is right and all the data has been collected. But regardless... He's a player that Notre Dame wants in this class. Derek Meadows is a really talented wide receiver out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman. You have Jerome Bettis, who's out of Ward, Jerome Bettis Jr., excuse me, out of Wardward Academy in this in Atlanta, Georgia, who of course is the son of former Notre Dame great Jerome Bettis. You also have you also have a couple of really talented wide receivers. They're still on the board, like Cooper Perry out of the state of Arizona. You have Dalen McCutcheon out of Texas. There's a lot of really talented wide receivers on the board, but there will always, always be room for Taylor Taylor. There's never going to be a moment where it's like, oh, we filled up, Taylor. You can't come to Notre Dame. Nope, that's not going to be a thing. There will always be room for Taylor Taylor, as there will always be room for Christopher Burgess. Those are the two guys in Illinois outside of the recent commitment from Joseph Reef that Notre Dame wants in this class. And again, Notre Dame, a school that recruits nationally, does not have to frequent Illinois and in Chicago every single year if there's not players that they don't love. But the difference between that thought process in 2025 is there are a lot of really good Chicago players and Illinois players in the 2025 class. Joseph Reef, one of them, a player that Notre Dame really likes a lot, but more than in all due respect to Joseph Reef, I like Joseph Reef as a kind of foundational, you know, floor player. But Taylor Taylor is one of the best wide receivers in the 2025 class. And Christopher Burst, if he hits, could be a dynamic player on the next level. So those are the two guys now that you have the door cracked open. You need to knock it down to make sure that you keep the talent in the state of Illinois home at Notre Dame. Hope you all enjoyed this new adaption of the Recruiting Hour here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, if you could just hit that like button for me, subscribe to the podcast, notification bell if you frequent our YouTube channel as well. And five-star reviews are always very much appreciated on any and all podcast platform that you listen to. We will be back again very soon here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. See you all very, very soon.